Shepard brings it from inside the five. Ball's out. That ball came out. Colts say they have it. And they do. I couldn't be a coach because I would have been telling Sherrod or Sherrod or whatever, I don't even care what his name is, go in the locker room, pack your clothes, get out, go find a bus, go home. That's the way I would have treated him because, one, he shows no intelligence on the return, okay? Yeah, Shepard, you let a ball hit on the goal line, okay? That was way too close to, to take that chance. Then he's three yards in the end zone and decides to run it out. I mean, what is wrong with this guy? That was frustration left over from last weekend. Hopefully the Packers can cure a lot of those ills this weekend. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors in Wisconsin. It's getting colder. Don't forget, call our friends at Pella or go to PellaWI.com. Set up that consultation. And at the consultation, if you decide to buy, they give you an additional 5% off. And that is on top of nobody down, no interest, and no payments for two years. Check out our friends at PellaWI.com where you can Pella now and pay later. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. So, Mike, uh, we've got the indie game pretty much out of our system, uh, along with a lot of turkey and puddings and everything else that goes along with it. And now we get set for the Sunday night contest with leftovers. And uh, you've got some concern regarding injuries as well now to deal with, right? Yeah, and I heard you talking, too, this word that the, maybe the Packers are going to Tavon Austin. Remember, he used to be a real speedy right. guy, versatile guy, kind of a Daryl Sproles guy back in the day uh, with the St. Louis Rams, then St. Louis Rams. And so you got experience there because – you know, you got Tyler Irvin with these uh, this rib injury, and doesn't look like he's coming back um, anytime soon. Yesterday at practice, individual drills, just you know, just lining up, catching some patches from from coach to, uh, to you know, sort of get in the swing of things. And Fox 11 from Green Bay uh, had the video rolling, and there's Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, kind of limping back to the line. And later he shows up on the injury report last night with an Achilles. Now, it's, you know, it's a little tweak, but that's something they're watching because, you know, you still got Devontae Adams who missed yesterday's practice. And for a second week in a row, he's missed a Thursday practice in pads as he's rehabbing this ankle. Corey Lindsley, who left the game against the Colts with this uh, chronic back problem he's got. And so we asked Matt LaFleur last night about Devontae and Corey Lindsley for Sunday night. I do think that those guys will be able to go. I know it's a process. Uh, we'll see where they're at by the end of the week, but we're hopeful that Corey can make it back. I think Tay, we're going to be cautious with him. And, you know, both those guys are such an important part of our team, and we need them available to be at our best. So we're hopeful that that'll happen. Okay, hopefully they are back. Uh, but if they're not, you're still without Corey Lindsley. Uh, you've got a center, a guy that's calling your blocking schemes. In addition to that, uh, you got to make sure that you get everything right with Aaron Rodgers along the way, and they got to get on the same page. And when Elton Jenkins, and we know that he played center in college, and he's right. played all these positions, and he's been such a great pick, such a standout at left guard. When he jumped into center, instead of moving Lucas Patrick over, I thought, well, that's interesting. Now, they're doing that because they think that's the best offensive line that they can – do to win the game against the Colts. It is not because they're looking into the future and trying guys out, honest. That's one thing I've learned from Matt LaFleur. It's like we, I don't think he's got a four-minute offense. Every play is designed for touchdowns, okay? Everything I'm trying, I'm not trying to delay the game or anything. 
I'm trying to score touchdowns. I'm trying to put the best players on the field whenever I can. I'm only in the now moment, so take it for that. However, we do know that Corey Lindsley is in the last year of his contract, and we do know he's got this back situation. And somebody asked me the other day, do you think they'll resign him? And I started digging around about how often do the Packers resign the center? Listen to this. Since, since Aaron Rodgers has been up there since 2005, Scott Wells, Jeff Saturday, Eric Dietrich Smith, J.C. Treader, Corey Lindsley, and also Lucas Patrick took some snaps last year, now Elton Jenkins. In other words, it doesn't look good for Corey Lindsley to get re-signed right. as a center. They just, so I asked Aaron the other day, you know, in a roundabout way, because I, I think being center for the Green Bay Packers is the toughest center job in the National Football League with all that stuff that Rodgers does pre-snap. I asked Aaron, how much does it take to break in a new center? Yeah, I mean, it does take a while. I think it, it's a process of understanding each other and, and really understanding the timing uh, at the line of scrimmage and, and when to expect certain uh, checks or adjustments, uh, being on the same page with uh, the point or the dummy point um, and, and, and the multiple calls that we were expected to start with and finish with. Um, it does it does take a while. We've had, you know, a lot of guys over the years, um, you know, Scotty obviously had a really good rapport with him. We had Saturday for a year. We had uh, Dietrich Smith for a couple of years. Um, you know, J.C. Treader before he got hurt. And then, you know, Corey's obviously done a really, really nice job for us. Um, he's one of the fastest big guys at center that I've seen in a while. And I mean, we've kind of had guys like that. I mean, I think Scotty was really, really fast from center, being able to get up on backers really well. And and obviously J.C. Treader is one of the most athletic uh, NFL linemen. Uh, also, you know, the PA president um, and, uh, you know, an Ivy League grad, which he makes me say every time I talk about him. But, um, uh you know, I think Corey's done a really, really nice job, but it's nice having really two guys that can back up center and Lucas and Elton. And I thought Elton stepped in and did a really nice job on Sunday. Mike, uh, you've got Danny Trevathan coming back. It looks like he's going to be back after uh, whatever issue it is that he personal. had. It is a personal yeah, personal issue. Uh, Akeem Hicks does not look like that he's going to be coming back with that hamstring injury. Right. Um, so, I mean, that that's big if you don't have to face him because he's one of the solid, you know, front guys. But it's still a very good Chicago Bears defense. Yes, sir. Uh, big uh, Keem Hicks lining right up over your left guard. And, uh, you know, I think you're right in your point about when you're talking about Sunday night, it's about the Packers' offense controlling this ball against this defense. And so you ask Aaron Rodgers about guys like Trevathan and Kyle Fuller back there in the, in the secondary. I don't think he even mentioned Khalil Mack. When he was breaking down, the, but here's your Aaron Rodgers breaking down the Bears' defense this weekend. Well, it's pass rush first. I mean, when you have a pass rush like that, uh, you know you're going to be uh, a formidable uh, defense. And then when you compare it on the back end with uh, guys who really uh, are smart, intelligent, uh, savvy players, um, you're going to create turnovers. There's a lot of vision to the football. You have a good uh, good mix of uh, obviously a front that can stop the run and control line of scrimmage with guys like Akeem, um, and then the linebackers are so talented. And Roquan, one of the fastest linebackers in the league, for sure, and really, uh, I think, uh, becoming more savvy with the experience he's got. And Danny Trevathan, one of the hardest hitters in the league, bar none. I don't know many guys who hit like that. Uh, <laughs> he's got probably one of the hardest heads in the league. Very talented tackler, does it all, you know, at the point of attack. And, and then the back end, you know, really plays well together. Obviously, Kyle has been a top corner in the league for a while since we, you know, offer him a, a contract that was matched. Um, he's, uh, you know, an extremely talented player. 
uh, the rook on the other side of the young guy uh, Johnson's doing a really good job um, as well. And then, you know, safeties, I think have been, have been very consistent uh, veteran, you know, Gibson. And then, uh, you know, obviously Eddie's been a premier player since he got in the league. So tie it all together and you got the great pass rush with guys in the back end and really know how to cover. You're going to be in a lot of games. So, look, I, he, he doesn't mention Khalil Mack, but Khalil Mack, even though he doesn't have the statistics, I mean, he's still a guy you have to look out for, Mike, and he's still been pretty much a disruptor for that team. Yeah, sure. Every time you come to the line of scrimmage and you start calling out audibles or, or your cadence. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, you lost that Colts. You were up 28-14 against the Colts. The third quarter, Frank Wright comes out and he goes with an up-tempo offense and a running game. And, well, first of all, I want to talk about their secondary, too. Packers secondary. Kevin King uh, lining up against, like, an Allen Robinson on Sunday night. Now, he missed five games with the quad and also an Achilles, but he played through the entire game last week against the Colts. So we talked to Jerry Gray, the, the defensive back coach, about how he thought Josh Jackson did over those five weeks when Kevin King was down. To me, I thought Josh was playing pretty good. I just uh, remember evaluating him when he was at uh, Iowa. Had a lot of interceptions. I know they played a lot of uh, cover four, uh, a lot of zone, uh, you know, and then, you know, a guy with great hands. Anytime you got that type of ball skill. And, and you know, sometimes when you get drafted into a system and the system kind of changes on you, it's now it's a more man-to-man type of deal, what we do here. So he had to adapt. And then I thought that, you know, this year, even with the offseason not being being the way we really wanted, I thought he came on pretty well and started understanding what we're trying to get him to do and, and let him do what's best for him. You know, he doesn't have to be a soft press guy. You know, he's more of a harder press guy, get his hands on. And, you, you know, you're going to get some touchy-feely type of fouls. But at the end of the day, I like the way he competed when he was in there. You know, there were some little things that, that you know, I always talk to him about. You know, like his eyes somewhere. Sometimes he may peek at the quarterback, and then he may get a little bitty, uh, you know, holy touchy. But other than that, I thought he did a really good job of going out. Like you said, we were at the we were three and two with with Josh as a starter, and you know, you you you, you think that hey, can a guy hold up? I thought he did a really good job of doing what we asked him to do. And, the, and you know, the, the last game that he played, we played probably about maybe 40-some snaps of man-to-man. So that, so that gave us a chance to see that, you know, he can play man-to-man. He was doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. Very, very how do you, but how do you stop the run, Mike, when you're in nickel or dime all the time? Yeah, and, and why are you doing that when, it's, uh, when your opponent obviously is going to run the ball? And if Trubisky is the quarterback, it'll probably be more of a running game. And so we asked Jerry Montgomery, what's that process like with Mike Pettin? A lot of time goes into it, and I just think at the end of the day, um, he makes a decision, and, and we go with it. And, uh, you know, we kind of got caught in a situation there where we couldn't sub with the up-tempo, and uh, we, had, we had to play through those downs, so, so it happens. Definitely feel like we could have been better that, that first drive of the, the second half, for sure. So, I mean, granted, Kenny Clark's the guy that usually is in the middle of stuff in the run, but, I mean, this guy's being double teamed, and when you're nickel and dime all the time, you're not giving him a lot of help, which is not putting him in a lot of one-on-one situations either. Yeah, but we, we love this defensive line coach, Jerry Montgomery, because, I mean, he tells it to us straight, because he said that when the Colts were able to run right at Kenny Clark coming out of, the, coming out of halftime, um, well, listen to Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, you know, very good old line. But uh, I want to say the, the first series, the second half, 
was um, probably his worst series of the game, uh, at, at least not the whole series, but about two or three snaps. But to that point, I mean, he was, I mean, he, he was dominating the line of scrimmage and, uh, you know, he did most of the night. Like I said, there was about uh, two, uh, two to three snaps in that series where uh, he, he wishes he could have those back. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Clemens joining us, our Green and Gold Insider, talking a lot about this defense, a lot about their decision-making. We'll get into all of this stuff and continue on. This portion of the program being brought to you by our good friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Sean and the gang, do it right. They're great people out there. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Whether it's epoxy flooring, polyurea coating, homeowners, business owners for showrooms or industrial, they can do it all, and they warranty it for life. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That is epoxyflooringdoneright.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I, I think the biggest thing, number one, we all know about the rivalry and how, you know, what it means to, to our organization and what it means, you know, in the NFL history, that this, this type of rivalry that we have in front of us. Obviously, since I've been here, we're in a position where we've won one out of three, and we know we need to change that. Those are the words of uh, Bears head coach Matt Nagy. They understand the rivalry. They just haven't been able to do much about it. Meanwhile, the, the Bears head coach, uh, he's been trying to figure out all week about his quarterback situation. Joining us now. Uh, as always, as we continue on with Mike Clements, our Green and Gold Insider, and it appears that Nick Foles, who is not practicing, not going to be available for this contest. So that goes back to Mitch Trubisky, the big-time trade draft day failure, if you want to call him that, Mike. Yeah, and, you know, see, now this is where it gets weird, Matt Nagy and the game that he's playing. Because he'll, one minute he'll say that Nick Foles is out there working with the trainer, but, you know, it's like, okay, can you throw to your left? Great. But can you throw to your right? Because every time you plant, you know, do you have the pain? And, you know, what? basically what you're talking about is pain with the glute. That's, mm-hmm. that's what happened. That's what uh, the quarterback position has been for him since pretty much he got there. A pain in the glute. Correct. So, so you know, I mean, Trubisky, uh, they they pick up Nick Foles after saying Trubisky is going to be our quarterback at the end of the season last year. They bring in Nick Foles. Trubisky, because of the shortened um, offseason with the COVID, wins in training camp because he knows the playbook better. After three games, they're, in, they're playing the, the Falcons and getting their butts kicked. They bring in Foles. He brings them back, gets a dramatic win. Foles is in there for the next four or five weeks. They brought in Trubisky for like a run play once. He jacks up his shoulder, is out for two or three weeks, has to go to L.A. It's his throwing shoulder for a second opinion. I mean, this is just a comedy. And the, the bottom line is they don't have an offensive line. They've had to replace four guys except for Charles Leno out there at left tackle, and so they don't have any time for these guys. That's part of the problem. So you asked Matt Nagy last night, all right, Nick Foles with the sore hip, Mitch Trubisky's been taking all the snaps. Who's going to play quarterback Sunday night, Matt? We haven't yet. It's uh, for in regards to where uh, where Nick's at. You know, he's still day to day. I think you know we've had two days in a row now of uh, of Mitch getting all the reps. So if it goes that direction, then we're going to be completely pre- prepared for that. Uh, again, he put together another good day. 
Uh, that part I really like. I know he's feeling good. So Nick's just got to keep continuing to see where he's at. I feel like he's slowly getting better right now. Um, but it's he's obviously not at the point yet where he was able to practice. So um, that's where we're at right now. Can I follow up on it? Sure, absolutely. Uh, is there uh, is there are there some circumstances where Nick Foles would start Sunday? Are you really waiting to see if he could practice? Yeah, we'll we'll still see. We'll still uh, keep an eye on that and see where he's at. And then tomorrow, once we get through tomorrow, if we have a cleaner picture as to where that's at, then I think then we can move forward and say, hey, let's go ahead with with Mitch. And that's Matt Nagy who gave up the play calling. Because much like Mike McCarthy at one point in time, when he didn't see, was it Wims? Wims was the one that guy that the, the threw the punch into Haymaker? Yeah. Um, so he said, no, I didn't see it. I was looking at the play sheet. And people went crazy saying, how do you not see your own player taking punches at other players and you can't see oh, any of this? Right, right. And, and so that next week he said, okay, I'm going to give up the play calling, mainly for the fact that the play calling hasn't been that good anyway. So now it's what, Bill Lazor is the guy? Bill, Bill Lazor, who... You know, not a very distinguished career with the Dolphins, and then certainly not those two or three years with the Bengals as a quarterback coach and then interim offensive coordinator. Now, he's the one working every day with Mitch Trubisky. And so, you know, Mitch is a good kid. I mean, the fact is sometimes the game is just over his head. But Bill Lazor, offensive coordinator, asked last night, how has Mitch handled this return to being the number one quarterback this week? I think uh... – yeah, I think Mitch has been very uh, serious, very determined. I will say I thought he started training camp the same way. Okay. Okay. Well, then the, well then, there you go. Then the next question would be, you know, uh, Nick Foles, they went to a downfield offense. You know, they were lighting it up. You could see Allen Robinson and the rest of that receiving core excited because now they got a guy who can deliver downfield passes. And they got things going like that. Uh, whereas, you know, with Mitchell Trubisky, it's RPO and it's option, and you know, it looks more like a kind of a kind of a college football game. So you ask Bill Lazor, offensive coordinator, coordinator, and now your play caller on the game change, how you got to change the game plan from you know Foles downfield to Mitch Trubisky and RPOs. Is it different? Yeah, you know, those changes can be made pretty seamlessly in my mind. Um... There, with players at every position, as as you you change, I mean the, the same kind of things happen with the offensive line. You know, as, as we've had to change some linemen here recently, we've had to make some decisions. Maybe on okay, consider who's in there now based on how much they've played and what they've done. What are the best things to do with them? So I think we make those decisions at each position. Uh, it certainly gets highlighted by the quarterback because. He's going to make the decisions on where the ball goes in the passing game. So, so I'm, I'm not going to deny that it, it becomes a bigger deal with the court, you know, if the quarterback changes. But um, I don't worry about uh, the the issue. I think you're asking about as far as changing what we're doing. I think the system is built in a way that that you know we grab what we think works that week. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure none of our listeners dozed off driving off the road there to that guy. Yeah, I, it that, that's boy. I, okay, you know the one guy we're not talking about at all uh, who's had a really good season for them uh, is Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's been kind of that red zone guy. He's moved the sticks for them. He's he's doing what we thought he would do in Green Bay. And Jimmy Graham is this guy when he got into Green Bay. You know, we ask of players. It's pretty much assumed. It's actually they can be fined if they don't 
cooperate for your average player that's a starter that he should make himself available in the locker room once a week, either after the game or sometime during the weekdays. And, of course, this year is a completely different situation. But when Jimmy Graham got to Green Bay, he'd already been that veteran from New Orleans and then played with the Seahawks. Um, He talked when he first arrived, and then he didn't talk for another four or five months. And, you know, maybe if he talked to us three times a year, like late on a Friday, uh, it was a big deal. So we understand that Jimmy doesn't talk much for whatever reason. And we talked about that when he was here. But, yeah, they're finding him open. He's also been healthier. I mean, I can't remember. I'll never forget last year, Matt LaFleur's first season head coach training camp. Looked like, all right, Graham is healthy, and maybe this is the year things kick in, and he's running a crossing route on the practice field during training camp, and the ball came out of Rogers' hands, just a simple ball over the middle. Whatever, he caught it in a weird way, and he totally jacked up his ring finger on his right hand. I mean, it was dangling. And he went running right into the Hudson Center, you know, to the first aid. It's like the, the guy just had a lot of bad luck injury-wise during his time in Green Bay. But now he's catching balls all over the field. Now listen, I remember I was driving back listening to your show when you broke that the Bears were making this change at play caller to Bill Lazor, right? You mm-hmm. talked about that in your show. Okay, so the next day they had press conferences, and it was like this is less than 48 hours before their last game, their next game. And this is Jimmy Graham, the first question he got in one of his rare press conferences just before the game. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? I'm doing good, what's up? Good. Just wanted to know your reaction to some of the other offensive players' reactions about your coach uh, giving up play calling duties and, and what kind of message that sends uh, to the team and just your overall thoughts on that. Um, I didn't know he's doing it. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really, I had no idea he's doing it. Yeah. I, I don't really, uh, watch the news. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I got no comment on that. I didn't know. Um, I'll have a better, better answer for you later. I have no <laughs> idea. You know. Well, there you go. That's a guy that's caught completely off guard and didn't want to react to it and didn't want to say anything. So how do you, how do you do that? How, that's how, how, the, the Chicago bears. Coach? Everybody knows about you. Wonder why there's problems with that organization? Oh yep. my God! At least the PR guy before you put him out in front of the media, don't you just kind of review? Here's probably the top five things that are are trending right now that you might get a question about. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't, I didn't uh, know. He was the last know. to know, Bill. Well, you know what? Uh, that's why they're just a step above the Lions, <laughs> and the Lions should be banned from ever playing again on uh, on Thanksgiving until they at least get to nine wins in the season prior. So that well, that's just it, my take on it. I, a lot of a lot of people were saying that after the game yesterday. So we know how much Aaron Rodgers talked about that Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's a smart guy. My God, he's a pilot. He's a helicopter pilot. I think he's also got a, a jet pilot's thing with all that that charity work he does, flying, uh, transplanting organs around the country in the off season, et cetera. So we asked Devontae Adams, "What's the deal with Jimmy Graham?" Jimmy, Jimmy's one of my best friends at this point. I mean, I, I haven't known Jimmy for, I mean, it's been a fraction of my life, but he's a guy that once he comes into your life and you truly know him. I, I like to I like to think of Jimmy as a pit bull. Jimmy's like a pit bull because everybody's got this perception of how the guy is, a little rough, tough exterior, not the most approachable maybe, you know, just by not knowing too much about him. But, um, and I own a pit bull, so just to let you know that, uh, you know, how I feel about them. But 
Um, once you get to know them, they're one of the most loyal creatures in the world. Um, will do anything for you, and um, you know they they'll be like I said, they'll, they'll they'll be there for you through thick and thin. So that's the that's kind of the way I think of Jimmy. Is somebody who you may not know as much about him. You look how big and tough and and rough he is, and everything he's done in the league, and it's kind of intimidating on the outside maybe. But once you get to know him, and you know that he's he's one of the most down uh, people that I've ever met. So. I love Jimmy. We miss him over here for sure. And we, we obviously know what he's done over the course of his career. Um, and, you know, he's he's made a, a lot of money, made a lot of plays and uh, gained a lot of respect from a bunch of players, too. So, um, yeah, that's how I feel about Jimmy. Let's do this. We'll step away and take a quick break. A bit of breaking news as of right now. The game between the Steelers and the Ravens has now been pushed back even further. It will be Tuesday. Tuesday, according to Adam Schefter, that the NFL will push that game back. Remember, Lamar Jackson is not going to be participating in that game because of COVID as well, but COVID has hit the uh, the Ravens organization, so they're going to push that game back until Tuesday. So you got uh, that contest being pushed back, so you got a Monday night contest and then a Tuesday night contest as well. Let's step away. we got a few more uh, minutes with uh, Mike Clemens when we come back. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. on tape i think it's going to be our biggest challenge yet khalil mack is a game wrecker you better know where he's at on every snap you got hicks inside you've got robert quinn nichols urban i mean they've got so many players on that defensive line the the linebackers uh, trevathan and, and roquan smith are as good as they get those are the words of Matt LaFleur, head coach here at Green Bay Packers, joining us for a few more minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Our good buddy Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider. And uh, Thanksgiving come and gone. Uh, you got that off day a little bit, and you're back at it because you got a quick turnaround. You got a Sunday night contest, Mike, and and it's rivalry week. Uh, make no mistake about it. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I, the Packers, if they win this game, it would be the 100th victory in the series it's the oldest rivalry between these two teams it's interesting matt nagy has been talking a lot about you know the the rivalry because i think it's important to the mccaskies and malifleur hasn't talked about the rivalry at all i mean he's just talking to this team about it's another week this is this week's opponent no opponent is different than any other opponent let's just focus on this week and i also asked um matt lafleur yesterday about and then you know, that's the way lafleur plays it with green bay uh, you know, you you know, you saw that Lions game. You see the the struggles that they've got. The fumbles they're fumbling the game away. And Matt Patricia's you know horrible. I think he's twelve and twenty five and one in Detroit and probably going to get replaced. But I asked Matt Lafleur, growing up in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, as a kid, what was it like for him on Thanksgiving Day in football? Coach, I'm going to guess when you get home tonight, if there's time, you'll play some catch with your kids. When you were when it was Thanksgiving in Mount Pleasant, how much was football? part of your Thanksgiving? Was it, you know, Barry Sanders and Rodney Pete on the TV or, you know, did you get to play quarterback in a touch football game in the neighborhood? Yeah. So I think a lot of our Thanksgivings, um, I would say were spent at my grandparents' house in Kalamazoo. I, I just remember always being outside playing foot football and, you know, playing catch and, um, 
football was always on in our household every Thanksgiving. And, you know, you mentioned Barry Sanders. That was that was always a treat for whether you were a Lions fan or not. He was one of those guys that you'll never forget just how he played the game and, and just the excitement that he brought to the game, you know, every every um, Thanksgiving day. So those are uh, memories I always cherish. And just one that when I was thinking about this today, just thinking about being a kid at, you know, a young kid watching football and, and watching the NFL. And, you know, it really makes you appreciate where you are today. I'm, I'm speaking for myself, just being in this position. And it just, it's, it's kind of fun to re- sit here and reflect on those moments. For 28 years, the Packers have had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers back-to-back Hall of Famers, a quarterback, the Bears, have gone through 32 starters in that same period. We asked Aaron Rodgers about that legacy in Green Bay. It's been fun to carry on the tradition uh, in Green Bay uh, of the great players that played uh, quarterback. Um, obviously following the legend and Brett, getting to know really well the late Bart Starr. A lot of guys in between that who were really good players. Um, I've gotten to know Magic a little bit over the years. He's always been really supportive. Len Dickey, obviously he had a, had a really nice run there for a while. It's a tough position to, to draft, to scout, and then you never know exactly what you're going to get from a leadership standpoint. You know, I've always said from the time I was drafted, the things I felt like separated me from other players is the things you can't really measure. You know, it's a competitive drive. It's dealing with adversity. It's presence, moxie, toughness. You don't have analytics for those things. You know, think you got the perfect guy. You just never quite know how that person's going to deal with adversity, how they're going to deal with injuries, how they're going to deal with their teammates, how they're going to deal with off-the-field adversity, in the locker room adversity, uh, in the meeting room adversity. Uh, Confidence-wise, there's a lot that goes into playing this position, and you know, I'm fortunate to be a part of a great group playing right now. I think it's a great time for the NFL with a lot of uh, you know older guys. Uh, put myself in that you know soon to be over 37 category. Just played against Philip. Obviously, having a good year, and Ben. You know, they're undefeated, Tom and Drew, uh, and then a great young group of guys, you know, led by the back-to-back MVPs uh, with Lamar and Pat. You know, I think it's a really good time for quarterbacks right now, but at the same time, it's tough to, you know, tough to find that guy. When you get him, you got to hold on to him. Good stuff, Mike. Appreciate it. Time for us to go. Have a going. See